Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Today is going to be a really different kind of podcast episode for me. One morning recently, as I was having a time of reflection with the Holy Spirit, I suddenly found myself fighting tears for no apparent reason, and it it felt like it was from a sense of longing, if that makes sense. And I asked the Holy Spirit, why? What was going on? And the words came to my mind to know and to be known. And the tears were released as I realized that is such a huge longing to be known for who I really am in all my doubts, in all my shame, in in all my humanity of dark thoughts and messing up, not just to be known in all of that, but to still be loved and wanted. And I realized that is who God is in my life. He knows things about me that I don't even know about myself yet. And still, He loves me and He wants me. He came to live inside me in all of that yuckiness. And I suddenly wanted to know Him, really know Him. Who does that? Who sees all the darkness that I try to hide from others and still chooses me. That is a kind of love I want and need to be part of, to know and be known. I want to know God the way He knows me. I know it probably seems a bit off topic, but I was led to turn to Hebrews 12, with the verses about a great cloud of witnesses. And I felt like I needed to back up a little bit to get a running start because all of the epistles were written as letters. They didn't have chapters and verses when they were sent to these churches or the people they were sent to. Those divisions, those dividing lines came in when man put the Bible together for reference points, not to separate thoughts. So I wanted to see what came in this letter right before Paul mentioned the great cloud of witnesses. And so right now, I'm just going to read this to you. I'm going to pick up my Bible. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, and I'm going to read through Hebrews 12. And I, I might stop once in a while to share a thought with you. I don't know. We'll just see what God does as I read through this. And as you listen... Allow the Holy Spirit to impart something into you. Maybe something you didn't even know you needed right now. So, Holy Spirit, right now, open our hearts, open our minds, open our souls, the depth of our very being to meet with you in some way in these next few minutes as we read these words found in the Bible. Amen. Now, like I said, I backed up a little bit, and so I'm going to do that as I start reading. I'm going to start in Hebrews 11, verse 36. Now, before that, if you're not familiar with Hebrews 11, a lot of people call this the faith chapter, where we read, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And I suggest you read that verse in several translations and really understand the meaning behind that. 
But it goes on to talk about Moses and Abraham and all these heroes of faith who started out as people just like us, who had difficult circumstances, who suffered immensely, and how they had faith for God to lead them through. And then it lists a whole bunch of people. And then I'm going to start with verse 36. And it says, others were mocked and experienced the most severe beating with whips. They were in chains and imprisoned. Some of these faith champions were brutally killed by stoning, being sawn in two or slaughtered by the sword. These lived in faith. And I know a lot of times if you take that word faith and turn it into the word trust, it can help because when I think of faith, I think of how that's something I have to come up with. I have to grow my faith. I, I have to, you know, how much faith is enough? I didn't have enough faith to save my daughter, right? And, and we can shame ourselves and guilt ourselves and in, in that. But faith, another word for faith is the word trust. There's a, a translation of the Bible called the Complete Jewish Bible. And he uses the word trust almost every single time instead of the word faith. Trust is something that comes a lot easier to me. I can trust somebody, even if I don't understand, I can trust God with my life, even though things don't make sense, even though I'm going through pain. It's easier for me to lean into trusting him than, you know, just to fall into his arms than to try to muster up enough faith. So there you go. There's my first interjection here. Let's get back to this. So these people lived in faith. They lived in trust. They lost everything they possessed. They endured great afflictions, and they were cruelly mistreated. They wandered the earth, living in the desert wilderness, in caves, on barren mountains, and in holes in the earth. These were the true heroes, commended for their faith, for their trust in God. Yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised to them. Does that sound familiar? But now God has invited us to live in something better than what they had, faith's fullness. This is so that they could be brought to finished perfection alongside us. Now here comes Hebrews chapter 12. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. There's a thought. You look up and see the clouds and it's like, Lord, thank you for the witnesses that are cheering us on. Thank you for my child who's cheering me on. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. And specifically in context of, of Hebrews, what Paul shares here, I think the sin that we easily fall into is doubt, the sin of doubt. Can I really trust God? Is he really who he says he is? Is he really good? The same kind of doubts that Eve had way back at the beginning that Satan, Satan put those doubts in, in her mind. And we can have those same doubts. We don't want to fall into those. We don't want to give into those. It's okay to have doubts and to question, but don't let yourself be sucked under with those doubts. Don't let the enemy take you under with them. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race. Oh boy, yeah, that describes it, doesn't it? We will be able to run it with passion and determination. 
for the path has been already marked out before us. I know it may be hard to think about, but this path was marked for us. God is the author and he's the finisher of our faith. And before we were even born, when our grandparents were born, before they were even born, he knew this was the path we were going to be on, the death of our child. For some reason, he chose us to be on this path. And I believe some of that is so that we can understand the depth of his suffering so that we can have an even greater depth of revelation of resurrection life. Anyway, goes on to say, we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Is that something, Lord, that we can do to focus on the joy of knowing that we'll see our children again? Not focus so much on missing them in the here and now, but focusing on the joy that we'll see them again. This isn't permanent. Focusing on the joy that when we see them again, we'll see them in perfection, in their perfection, in our perfection, and the glory that will be there with that. Lord, help us to focus on that, on what is to come, on the joy ahead of us when we're with them again. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. After all, you have not yet reached the point of sweating blood in your opposition to sin. And have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you and his children? He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. Here's part of that, to know and to be known. And I'm going to say right now, if your mind, when I read about the discipline and the training of the Lord, if your mind went to, is that why God took my child from me? Because he's disciplining me? No, 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 no. A thousand times, no. Death comes from the enemy. And yes, for whatever reason, we don't understand the Lord allowed our child to leave this crappy world before we did and go to heaven and live in a place of glory and perfection before we got to go there. But that was not God disciplining us. God welcomed our child. To God, it was a celebration time, a party time that my child has come home. I know it's sorrow for us. He does not discipline us by taking our child from us, but he will take this situation that we have found ourselves in 
and he will use this situation. He will use the pain of it. He'll show us things about ourselves and about him that we would never see. We can actually get closer to God than we ever thought possible. We can actually know him and be known by him in a way that wouldn't be possible if we were not going through the depth of pain and sorrow that we are with the loss of our child from earth. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training, for he's doing what any loving father does for his children. Remember, he did not take your child from you, but he is loving on you as a parent who loves their child and you watch your child go through something hard and difficult and painful and you just want to love on your child. That's what God wants to do for you. He wants to love on you in your pain and your sorrow. For who has ever heard of a child who has never had to be corrected? We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we're strangers and not sons, not his children. And isn't it true that we respect our earthly fathers even though they corrected and disciplined us? Now, if they did that in a, in a healthy way, right? Not if their correction and discipline was beating us and abusive. But if their correction and discipline was done out of love, there's something in us that respects that and, and loves them in return. Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for God, our spiritual father, as we submit to his life-giving discipline. That's kind of hard to wrap our heads around, isn't it? That something so devastating that death can bring life, but that's God's specialty. One of God's specialties is the miracle of bringing life from death, bringing resurrection life, the power. I mean, God did bring resurrection life to our child, but he also wants to bring resurrection life to us because I know we feel like we died when our child died, and God wants to bring you life again. He wants to resurrect you. Our parents corrected us for the short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them, but God corrects us throughout our lives for our own good, giving us an invitation to share his holiness. Now all discipline seems to be painful at the time, yet later it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a full harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. When I think about that, that's the foundation of the kingdom. Jesus himself said, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be doing some episodes. I'm going to break each one of those down at some point. It'll be later this year. But to talk about what those mean, the righteousness of God. If, if you grew up in a church like I did and you hear the definition of righteousness as being right with God because of what Jesus did, but it is so much more than that, so much more than that. His kingdom is righteousness. It's that knowing and being known by God. His righteousness is not just being right 
with him in that direction, but it's being right with him in the in the other direction. He is right with us and we are right with him. That's a lifelong journey, isn't it? So discipline will produce a transformation. What he is doing in our lives right now through the pain of losing our child from this earth, it's painful, but it will produce a transformation of character. It will bring a harvest in your life of righteousness and peace and even joy to those who yield to it. There's a key right there to yield to what God wants to do in your life, not in spite of your child's death, but because of your child's life and because you still have life. He wants to give you a full and abundant life. And I know that seems absolutely impossible with your child gone, but with God, it is possible. He already knew how he was going to do that for you before your child was born, before you were born. Remember, he has a path He has a race for you to run. And yes, right now, a lot of us are sitting on the sidelines. We're healing. We're in a process where I I can't even walk. I can't even take the next step, much less run. But God is with you. And he's working in you, in that darkness, in that pain, to know and to be known. Take the time to really get to know God in this place. I encourage you, get to know who he really, really is. And you're going to find some amazing things about God that are just going to be so precious to you. If you let go, well, let's keep reading because we'll get into that, letting go of the bitterness and the anger. And I know that's easy to say and not easy to do. This verse I just read, I'll just add one more thing. Every year I ask the Lord to give me a verse to meditate in, something that he wants to work in my life. And that was the verse that I spent last year in, that discipline seems to be painful at the time, but it will produce a harvest. So let's keep going here. So be made strong, even in your weakness, by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship and strengthen your weak knees. For as you keep walking forward on God's paths, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. Ooh, wow, what a promise to hang on to there, right? As you keep walking forward, even if it's crawling on your hands and knees, even if it's him carrying you, okay, God, I I can't walk forward. You're going to have to carry me right now. On God's paths, All your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. That's the only way we can do it, is if God divinely brings a healing to our wounded hearts. And I don't mean as if nothing happened, but a healing that allows us to go on, a healing that allows us to continue this race that we are still in. In every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly toward holiness. For those who are not holy will not see into the Lord. Most translations say will not see the Lord or something like that. But if you look into like commentaries and what that original, I believe this is in Aramaic. This isn't in Greek or Hebrew. This was written in in Aramaic. And that original says that 
you will not see into the Lord. In other words, here's we're, we're back to that knowing and being known. You are not going to truly know God's heart for you. You're not going to be able to see into his heart for you. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. Oh, the grace God has for us in our situation is absolutely beyond words. It's mind-boggling. And grace, there's so much to that word. Grace, once again, my growing up with the definition in the church is God's undeserved favor. The thing is, Jesus grew in grace. So we're saying that Jesus grew in having undeserved favor. Jesus didn't deserve favor. So there's got to be more to that meaning of grace, right? And as I've studied out the word grace, I've learned that it means to have divine empowerment. Boy, we need that, right? We need divine empowerment. Having grace means having his divine favor in our lives. And I know we feel like, well, I don't feel like I have favor when my child died. How is that favor? But you do have favor with him. You have favor to keep going. And you're going to find that you have favor in your life as you continue to walk this journey out. You're going to have his divine favor. You're going to see his divine favor. So make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's divine empowerment to continue walking out this life and having his divine favor in getting close to him. That's another topic I want to talk about is having God's favor because we so misunderstand that. Having his favor, we think, is having good things, having stuff, not having things happen to us like our child die or a spouse die early. We think that's God's favor, but there's an ultimate favor of knowing him and being known by him. That is the ultimate favor. And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. Lord, help us not to give in to bitterness. Lord, we do not want to have a root of bitterness in our lives. It is so hard to uproot it once it begins to take hold in our lives. And Lord, it's so easy to be bitter about the fact that our child isn't here, to be angry and bitter at the circumstance that took our child. But Lord, help us to release that, to release that bitterness, Lord, so that we don't poison others with it and it doesn't cause us even more trouble in our lives. Let's go on and read some more. Be careful that no one among you lives in immorality, becoming careless about God's blessings. Whoa. It's easy to become careless about God's blessings when we're in the darkness of our grief. We don't see any blessings. There are no blessings, right? That's just not true. Lord, help us to not become careless about seeing the blessings that you still are giving us in our lives right now, even in our darkness, even in our pain, Lord. There are still blessings you are giving us. Help us to see, open our eyes. Help us to even want to see these blessings, Lord. 
And it goes on to say, like Esau, who traded away his rights as the firstborn for a simple meal. And we know that later on, when he wanted to inherit his father's blessings, he was turned away, even though he begged for it with bitter tears, for it was too late then. For we are not coming, as Moses did, to a physical mountain with its burning fire, thick clouds of darkness and gloom, and with a raging whirlwind. Now, <laughs> maybe that does describe us. As I read this out loud, I thought, um, yeah, maybe this does describe how we feel like we're coming to God. But we're not. We are not those who are being warned by the jarring blast of a trumpet and the thundering voice, the fearful voice, that they begged God to be silenced. They could not handle God's command that said, if so much as an animal approaches the mountain, it is to be stoned to death. The astounding phenomena Moses witnessed caused him to shudder with fear, and he could only say, I am trembling in terror. By contrast, are you thankful that's not the time that God put us in? I am so thankful that God did not put me in that Old Testament time of animal sacrifice and, you know, that just that whole thing. By contrast, we have already come near to God in a totally different realm the Zion realm, for we have entered the city of the living God, which is in the new Jerusalem in heaven. We have joined the festal gathering of myriads of angels in their joyous celebration. And I love to think of Becca being there in that joyous celebration with the angels. And as members of the church of the firstborn, all our names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven. And we have come before God who judges all and who lives among the spirits of the righteous who have been made perfect in his eyes. And we have come to Jesus who established a new covenant with his blood sprinkled on the mercy seat. Isn't that interesting? When God had the temple built, he did not have put in the Holy of Holies a judgment seat. He put a mercy seat in his very presence. And that's where Jesus's blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat that continues to speak from heaven forgiveness, a better message than Abel's blood that cries from the earth, justice. Now, I know a lot of you listening have a reason to cry out justice, but a better crying out for your own heart, for your own sake, to move you towards healing, to get away from that root of bitterness, is to cry out forgiveness. Lord, help me to forgive. Even though they don't deserve it, Lord, it's for me. Help me to forgive so that these chains of bitterness can be broken off of me so that I can begin to release the anger and the bitterness in my life. Make very sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. Oof, wow, that, that speaks for itself, right? There are so many times God wants to speak peace to you. He wants to speak comfort to you. And we stiff arm him. We say, no way, God. You're not getting anywhere near me after what you just did. And that keeps us from receiving the incredible things that he has for us and the very things we need 
were pushing away. Make very sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks, and he can speak in so many ways. Lord, open our ears to hear when you speak to us. It could be through anything. It could be that still small voice. It could be a line in a movie, a line in a song. It could be a leaf on a tree or a pine cone on the ground. It could be a rabbit we see hopping through the yard. Lord, you speak to us in so many ways. It could be through the voice of a friend. Lord, open our ears to hear when you speak to us. Lord, we desperately need to hear you. and We don't want to shut you out. For the God who spoke on earth from Sinai is the same God who now speaks from heaven. Where our children are. Wow, God is speaking from that place where our children are. But let me also add, he is in you. He's not just speaking from heaven. He's speaking in you because he lives in you. You can quiet yourself. And sometimes he isn't speaking. We want to hear from him, but he just wants to be with us in our pain. Isn't that what we want from the people around us? They can't say anything that's going to make us feel better. We just want people to be with us in our sorrow and our pain and our suffering to say, I understand I'm here with you. And sometimes I think I'm not hearing from God. I'm not getting anything from him. And he's doing for us what we want others to do for us. He's just being with us in our time of pain. Those who heard him speak his living word on earth found nowhere to hide. So what chance is there for us to escape if we turn our backs on God and refuse to hear his warnings as he speaks from heaven? And I believe his warnings to us are do not let that root of bitterness get caught up in you. I think what he speaks to us and he's warning us, don't shut me out. I am your hope. I am your comfort. I am your future. And I have your child safe with me. I know you'd rather have your child with you, but they're with me right now. And I'm sorry that's the way it is. But don't push me away because I have good things for you. Still, the earth was rocked at the sound of his voice from the mountain. But now he has promised once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. Oh, Lord, I can't wait for that day. Now, this phrase, once and for all, clearly indicates the final removal of things that are shaking. That is the old order. So only what is unshakable will remain. Lord, let my heart and my love be unshakable. Since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom. We're in that kingdom right now. I know it doesn't seem like it because our world has been shaken in a way that we didn't even know was possible. And yet we are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of a kingdom that is unshakable. We should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. 
for our God is a holy, consuming light. Lord, give us that all-consuming light in our place of darkness. Come to us right now with your hope and consume us with your light, with your life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Did you know I have been working on my next book for a couple of years now, and it will finally be out in April. It's called Reflections of Hope, and it's a year of daily readings for us bereavers. Each reading also has a reflection, something to think about or something simple to do to help deepen what you just read that day, along with a Bible verse. Now, I know a lot of times when we get a devotion book, if we don't read it every day, like if I missed yesterday, I feel like I need to pick it up and read yesterday before I can read today's. Don't do that. Just read whatever day you're on. Don't catch up. Maybe the Holy Spirit knew you weren't ready to read something for three weeks, okay? So this book is just something you can pick up on that day, read that day, and take from it what God has for you. Now, this is a very robust book. It's going to be a hardback book, and if you want to see the cover or to find out more about it, just go to gpshope.org reflections. Now, on that page, there's also a place you can sign up to get occasional updates on where the book is in the process, and you will also be one of the very first ones to know when it is available, along with some bonuses I want to give to those who purchase it the first three days when it comes out in April. So go to gpshope.org reflections, and I'll also put a link to that in the show notes. Now this Sunday, February 26th, is my birthday. I don't normally say anything, but this is a milestone birthday. I am turning 60 years old. Now, my mom listens to these podcast episodes, and sorry, mom, you probably just groaned with that. Your baby's turning 60. Thankfully, I don't feel that old, especially since I lost that 40 pounds and I'm doing more to focus on my health. And I'll just say, if if that's something you're interested in, email me because I love to help other people with that. Our health just goes... We just don't care, do we, after our child dies. And it took me 10 years before I really cared enough to do anything about it. So anyway, just an extra little plug I wasn't planning there. But anyway, yeah, I am turning 60. I can hardly believe it. Dave and I started GPS Hope nine years ago as a church life group in our family room, which means next year will be the 10th anniversary of this ministry. And in case you're wondering, we are in our fifth year living in the Hope Mobile. I can hardly believe we have been living in a house on wheels for that long already. So I'm saying all of that just to put a little thing in here. If GPS Hope has been a blessing to you, maybe you would consider blessing me with a birthday gift as I hit 60 of helping out this ministry financially. Maybe you can give $60 or since my birthday's on the 26th, consider a $26 gift of support. No pressure whatsoever. I'm just sharing an opportunity if you just want to bless me on my 60th birthday by blessing GPS Hope. And speaking of birthdays, let's go on to our birthday segment for today. Alex Soriano was born on February 17th and is forever 
21. Lacey Ann Meyer was born on February 19th and is forever 28. Sean Kraus was born on February 19th and is forever 24. Jason Zimders was born on February 20th and is forever 35. William Burke was born on February 20th and is forever 29. Sean Kelly was born on February 22nd and is forever 44. Nolan Sanders was born on February 24th and is forever 28. We celebrate the day these children came into the world. Their birthdays will always be a special day for all of us. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, I would love to be able to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out the needed information, including the pronunciation if your child's name is mispronounced once in a while because I do want to say it correctly. Just submit that and I would be honored to share your child's birthday, the week of his or her birthday. And Dave will also send you an email to remind you to listen that week. Like I said, today's episode was really different and I would love to get some honest feedback from you. Let me know if it spoke to you in some way and maybe you would like me to occasionally do something like this once in a while or be honest and let me know it seemed a bit disappointing. You just really didn't get much from it. Either way, I would really like some feedback on this one since it was so different from what we usually do. Just email me at laura, L-A-U-R-A, at gpshope.org and let me know what you thought about this episode. I want to close with one more scripture in Hebrews, and it's pretty much how Paul closed out his letter we call the book of Hebrews. It's chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Now may the God who brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ so that he would be the great shepherd of his flock and by the power of the blood of the eternal covenant, may he work perfection into every part of you, giving you all that you need to fulfill your destiny. Life here is hard. To be human means to go through suffering. Jesus came here as a human, and he suffered a depth more than any of us ever will. But God is with us, both in our times of fullness and goodness when life is good, and in our times of emptiness and pain. And thankfully, like those we just read about, there will come a time when all our pain and suffering and heartache will end. And that is what our children are experiencing and living in right now. So until we are with them, and it is also ended for us, I want to encourage you to have hope that it can get better while you are here without your child. As a matter of fact, it will get better as you learn to let go of what you need to let go of. Let go of what's missing and not let the root of bitterness take hold in your heart and begin to focus on the life you still have, the destiny you still have. And that destiny may be to continue the legacy of your child. 
I don't know. Pray into that. That you do have a destiny. You have a life to still live. So ask God to help you to not continue focusing on what is missing, but to focus on the life you still have and the people who are here that love you also, and to focus on the future, on the future joy that we have with our children forever. So while we're still here, I want to encourage you to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.